Jam. Oh, jam. Jam. Teddy, jam for me, yeah. Welcome back, welcome back, Deep Cover Podcast, coming to you after week five in the National Football League. Get to talk about a win. Ravens took those Bengals down <laughs> Sunday night football. We're recording this Thursday night, so it's been a, been a few days, but the excitement hasn't dwindled for me. I'm still happy about it. Uh, so many interesting things, I think, to talk about coming out of that game. Uh, and we're going to chop it all up. But before we do, touch base with my brothers from other mothers, uh, <laughs> Chris and Carrie. Start with you, Carrie. How's it going? Good, man. You know, it's always a good time when I link up with you guys and, you know, talk whatever, talk life, football, whatever it is. Um, it's also a better mood when, you know, it's after a win. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to kind of get into a breakdown what we saw from this game and, and, and look forward to the next game and, and maybe some other stuff. I think we – speaking on that game in particular, I think we just got more confirmation. We've been saying this for a couple of years now, but just more confirmation that the Ravens listen to our podcast because you were talking about patience in the last pod. Be patient on defense. Stick with what you stick with your plan. And what did we see? It was there, man. It played out just like you talked about. So <laughs> somebody over there in the castle, if they listen to what's going on, I don't think there's any question about that. Chris, Chris, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm feeling good, uh, feeling healthy, like our left tackle. So I, I'm ready to roll and, and get into this, and and you know, I'm ready to be out here with my brothers battling. You're here to battle with your brothers, man. You gotta respect that. You gotta respect that, man. You are you're a team guy, Chris. You are yes, a sir. team guy. <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh, I'm not. I'm selfish. I put myself before the team every time. <laughs> I got to look out for number one, and that's me. Um, so that's why this is a good team. We have complementary skill sets, so it all it all works out. Um, so let's start with that game. Uh, we, we'll touch on the on the Giants game coming up, uh, week six, going up there to MetLife and praying. Light the candle, man. Light the candle now, because that that oh. turf, that field has got me very concerned. <laughs> so here it is. There it is. We need to light the candle because I mean, we we've seen dudes just just destroying ACLs, just just running on that field, just non-contact stuff. Uh, so I'm worried about that. But anyway. We'll we'll touch on that. Let's let's go back to this Bengals game first, and because Kerry gave them the blueprint, let's start with you. <laughs> uh, what did you? What did you? I mean, I, I don't I don't want to be like all formal about this all the time. I'm not always look people. I'm not always gonna play the music. Okay, I'm not always gonna say <laughs> we do a vibe check and we'll play the music. I just can't. It's too rigid for me. I know it's a segment and you're supposed to do it that way, but I can't do it that way. I'm just full disclosure with y'all. Sorry. But I am basically asking, <laughs> what's the vibe for you coming out of that game, Kerry? So the vibe for me, um, and I'll, I'll go with a vibe on offense and a vibe on defense. Um, uh, the vibe on defense for me was kind of like um, an optimistic vibe again, just looking at 
what I hope to see going into it, the discipline I hope to see, um, Humphrey stepping up big at, at corner. I mean, he's had, he's been great. He is great. But just watching him battle Jamar Chase, watching him stick to the game plan, um, you know, defensively, watching them. You know, they had a couple breakdowns here and there, but for the most part, watching them execute, keeping the ball in front of them, and, you know, making the tackles when they need to be made, you know, timely blitzes, uh, just stuff that you like to see when, you know, you have a good football team, um, you know, being able to close out. Um, offensively, um, I'm not even going to say a vibe on this, just something I noticed that I thought was really funny. Have y'all watched Oliver run down the scene? Like, he looks like Forrest Gump. I swear. <laughs> like, the way he runs, like, he's running full speed <laughs> with arms up. Like, that dude gets down the seam in a hurry. I just thought that was so funny just re-watching the game, watching it. And I was like, okay, I, I, I kind of see why they – <laughs> or why they like having him in there. But then they also too, he he's he's improved as a blocker. I give him that. Like I, I feel like he's he's battled and got a little bit better um in line. So uh shout out to him, give him credit for that. Um but something that you guys pointed out as far as the offense, uh, you know, the the main kind of takeaway, Lamar just doing what he needed to do. You know, sometimes it's not, you know, pretty like you got to give the Bengals uh, defensive coordinator credit I thought he was on it like I thought he called a great game I thought he called timely blitzes and sometimes you just got to tip your cap Um, but even despite all of that despite Bateman being out uh, Lamar was able to to will his team to victory by putting together that drive Uh, well putting together a couple drives but mainly the drive that that got them down to kick the game winning field goal so um, shout out to, to to Lamar for being able to pull that off. Um, shout out to the offensive line. Uh, I think they're continuing to kind of gel. Um, Rain game looks a little bit better. Um, pass pro, um, I, I think they're still um, doing well there. I mean, they gave up a couple sacks, but um, I, I think the sacks were more to do with uh, just the design of some of these blitzes um, that – you know, the Bengals defensive coordinator threw at him. So, um, you know, just a good win, you know, good foundation to to kind of set going forward. So, uh, you know, definitely happy to come away with a win in that one. Was he – it made me think about that clip uh, of Marlon and Marcus Peters sitting on the bench talking about how Tyreek runs when you talked about uh, Oliver and they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, people that are fast, but they don't look like they run fast. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's Oliver. Too. Maybe he's one of those dudes who doesn't look like he's fast, but he actually runs fast. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Chris, let me come to you now. Speaking of Marcus Peters, I, I know you had to, uh, to me, it's just that energy, right? He plays with this energy. It definitely, you know, Denar talked about this when we were recording last night. Like, it means something to him. It means a lot to him. And you can tell that coming out of that Bills game, the way that ended, that he was just like, this is not acceptable. This is this is not this is not good enough. It's not how we're going to play. And you could just see that energy carry over into that Bengals game. Uh, but I, I'm not 
trying to steer you. What did you think about the game and kind of what were your your takeaways from it? Uh, it was encouraging. You know, it, it finally felt like a culmination of the dudes that were hurt last year were on display this game. You know, we had Ronnie come back. We had J.K. looking good. Even though they were both on, on pitch counts, they were there and they had impact on the game. Then you got MP on the other side of the ball who made huge impacts on the game. And it's like, all right, these are the guys who were supposed to be, you know, the linchpins of the team last season. And we're finally getting a glimpse of what this Ravens team was supposed to be. And I know we lost Marcus Williams, but we got more reinforcements on the way. So it's like you're kind of gaining that steam and that positive momentum. And it's it's something Ravens fans haven't really felt you know, in, in a couple of years now because we had the COVID year and it just felt like everything was off that season. Then we had last year with all the injuries. And now this year finally feels like things are, are falling back into place for once other than falling apart. So th this game was, was – it gave me, you know, a lot of hope and uh, a lot of excitement looking forward. Um, hopefully everybody can stay healthy. Uh, the, the current guys that are that are on the squad right now and, and playing because if they can stay healthy and they can get tires back, they can, you know, kind of let the, the, the reins loose with Ronnie and JK and then get Gus back and then eventually get Marcus Williams back. This is going to be a scary team come December. And that, that's when you actually when you want to peak. Like, we saw the Ravens peak, you know, in 2019. And I think Lamar said it a couple of weeks ago where you got to peak at the right time. Yeah. You know, you don't want to peak too early. Who the hell wants to play their best football in September and October? You know, you, you want to play your best football closer to the end of the season so you can carry that momentum into the playoffs. So um, I, I think this team, if they can stay healthy, is primed to, to hit their stride you know, November, December, and, and, and really get things going and, and, you know, enforce their will because on paper, they should be a, a, a force, to be honest with you, with all these guys coming back. So hopefully they can. And um, like I said, hopefully everybody can stay healthy. Yeah, it really would be the perfect timing um, because you think about even even if it were to take up to the bye, right? And like you said, come out of the bye, get these guys back. You already think about what that defensive line can be. We already know about the secondary, you know, the, the guys that they have there. But, you know, JPP has, has been better than I thought he would be this fast. And we know he's a great player. That wasn't the question. But I'm like, man, he didn't have an offseason, really, he wasn't with this team, you know, wasn't in training camp with this team, and then, you know, played a hell of a load of snaps in the first game <laughs> with the team, and then came in in the second game and got a sack. He's knocking down balls at the line of scrimmage. So you think about him, you think about Oway on the other side, who's still getting held like a mother on every play, but they're asking him to do a bunch of different stuff. Tyus comes back, like you said, they can take some of the coverage stuff off his plate. So now he freed up to to focus a little bit more on rush. Houston gets back, 
probably won't be this week. Don't nobody want to touch that field up there at MetLife. Um, but you think about those veteran guys mixed with your young guys, right? You still got Matt BK who's been really good this year. Um, Travis Jones still kind of coming along. Brandon Washington, uh, Broderick Washington, excuse me, stepping in. You know those guys kind of trying to 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 fill the shoes of Michael Pierce going. You get you just have a real, and then you, if you get anything out of the job, I mean, it's icy. That's all great to me. So you got a really good mix of vets and young guys. And we talked about this too last night with those vets. And you can see it a little bit in that Bengals game, having two veteran rushers like Campbell and JPP on the same side. So JBP outside, Campbell kind of inside at, at DT. They're rushers who know how to rush. They also know how to rush together, which to me is kind of an underrated thing when you get a unit, not just two guys. You're talking about a whole unit, like a line, like four guys, and who actually know how to rush together, right? We're not running into each other if we're trying to run games. We're not getting out of lanes. So we're creating you know, creases and escape opportunities for quarterbacks. They know how to rush. And they know how to rush with other good rushers. And it's just very complimentary. And you could see that at times in that game with those guys kind of working off of one another. And it's it's all nonverbal. You know, they don't <laughs> they don't have to say anything, or if they are, we can't tell what they're saying. But um, you know, it just seems very natural. So that's real that's been just the, the thought about that has been very exciting to me, even despite with guys being out with injuries. I, my mind has been like in the future. Like, I'm yeah. not even thinking about right now. <laughs> like, when we get these guys back and they're all healthy and they're all out there together. Same thing with Ronnie. I, I knew Ronnie was going to come back at some point. I didn't know when. And I wasn't even really, like, getting, you know, emotional about, oh, it's not this week. Oh, it's not. It was going to happen. And it was just a matter of time. Same thing when JK came back. It would be same thing with Gus. It's, it's going to happen this season. You know, long as, you know, there's, there's no, you know, some kind of freak circumstances. Um, and just thinking about all of that coming together in that back third of the season when you want to, that's when you want to try to, you know, make your push, make your run, you know, for, for the playoffs and positioning. That's when you want to, you want to have that fully operational battleship uh, <laughs> at that point. And it's looking like, you know, we don't know what the future holds, but it, it's looking like we could be trending in that direction. Um Something else out of that game that a lot of people have talked about. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on it here because um, it's different. It's different than what we've seen from Ravens defenses in recent memories. Not just with Wink. I mean, you can even go back to Pease. And Pease was probably a little bit more um, diverse in his coverage and uh, his rush plan than Wink. We kind of knew what Wink was about. Um, but this is a new – it looks different, and I wonder. I want to. I want to get your guys' perspective. I wonder how people feel about it, because I I get the sense that some people get worried about the yardage totals, or we're last in passing yards, or we're, we're low in rushing yards. And I'm like, but they're not giving up a lot of points. <laughs> and like offense, you know, it's the converse, right? Offense is all about scoring points. We've had that conversation ever since Lamar took over. Like, it don't matter how you get them. Right, rushing, passing, don't matter. It's about scoring points. Defense, it's the converse. It's about not allowing the offense to score points. They can run all up and down the field, but if you can turn them over, uh, stop them on fourth down when they try shovel pass that you practice every week, <laughs> or or make them kick field goals, 
when your offense is scoring touchdowns. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Yards matter. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't want to give up a ton of yards. But I don't know, Chris, I'll start with you. Does it? Does it just look different? Does it feel different? Do you care <laughs> that, it, that it's different than what we're used to seeing? So it's just like this, this is the reality. Like this is the NFL today. Yeah. You know, um, the Bills had the number one defense last year, and look what happened to them in the playoffs. They couldn't stop Kansas City. And that's the number one defense. That's just what the NFL is now. You know, it's uh, I feel like it sucks to say because I feel like what brought most people to become Ravens fans was the love of defense. And I I feel like those days are are over, like just in the NFL period, not just for the Ravens. Uh, But what's the last dominant defense, like dominant for the stretch of the season? What was it? The Broncos defense. That was probably like the last dominant for the whole season defense. So I just think that, you know, you you have to kind of have to accept the way it is now. And yeah, you're going to give up some stuff underneath. You know, you're not going to be able to just stop the run if you're, you know, playing too high and protecting yourself against the big plays. There's going to be underneath stuff. Is you're gonna have less less uh people in the box to stop the run. So yeah, you're gonna let off some four or five yard runs at a clip sometimes. And like you said, Mike, as long as you keep them out the end zone, you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> keep them out the end zone and make them kick field goals, turn the ball over, do whatever you gotta do. But just I, I would rather that than have these big plays, these big chunk plays, these over-the-top breakdowns. Like, just – I would rather just play it safe. When you got a guy like Lamar, if you can play it safe and then you got ball hawks like Marcus Williams, who I know just got hurt, but, you know, he was playing at an all-pro level in my opinion. You got MP who can get the ball. You got uh, Marlowe, you know, he could create turnovers himself. So I would much rather – play that game that takeaway game instead of just trying to be stout as stout as you can be but then give up those plays over the top it's something denaro was telling me about for the last two years and i just i couldn't i didn't understand it until now that i'm actually seeing it and he was saying it's there's there's a there's a way that offenses and defenses on a team complement one another and he's like, if you've got the kind of offense that the Ravens have, you can't have the kind of defense that they had under Wink. <laughs> and I didn't understand it. I was like, I don't, I don't really know what that means. What, what do you mean they can't have it? And it was, he was saying, you, you can't have the aggressive type of offense that they want to play. I mean, it, it tends to be aggressive in terms of how they want to run the ball, the kinds of runs that they want to have. And then they want to take shots down the field. They're not a dink and dunk you know, for the most part, kind of passing game. They won't take shots down the field. Um, he said you can't be recklessly aggressive on defense when you have that kind of offense. You need something that's a little bit more conservative, a little bit more bend that don't bend, uh, but don't break. But you'll probably have the opportunity to create some more turnovers because you're gonna be you're gonna play more zone, you're gonna have more eyes on the ball. And I, I just was like, nah, 
we need to blitz. We need to keep playing, man. We need to keep doing what we've been doing. That's been working. Let's just keep doing that. And uh, it wasn't until I actually saw it, you know, it was like apparent. Like, I, didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when he was telling me. <laughs> I had to actually see it with my own eyes. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is this is what he was talking about. Um, but related to that, Carrie, I was kind of on the same topic. This is something that you talked about in one of the many chats that we're <laughs> that we're in. Um, that approach defensively, that strategy. Number one, what I want to say is I don't know that that's something that we're gonna necessarily see every single game to that extent. I think there'll be parts of it that you'll see in every game. But to that extent, where we're literally just going to play that way the whole game, we're going to we're pretty much going to operate out of a two high safety structure like the whole game. Um, but you talked about how certain players on offense, like a Jamar Chase, like a T. Higgins, you go back the week before, like a Stephon Diggs, um, can really force a defense to take that approach to say, "Hey, we we we've got to keep the lid on this thing." Right. And kind of make them go up and down the field and make them, you know, nickel and diamond. But I thought that was really interesting that you made that point. But then I started thinking about this, this game. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, they have those players. And like we said, with the Bills, they have that kind of player. But do you think that's something that they would do? Like, does that become who they are? This is this. We're going to play this way all the time. Or do you think that's going to be dictated by who you're going against? Like with the Giants, for example, this week. Do you need to have a too high safety structure all game long with that passing game when you know you got to deal with Saquon versus what we saw with the Bengals and the Bills? Yeah, the the biggest thing I'm seeing with this defense is it's going to be adaptable. And I think it's going to kind of morph – just depending on what they see from the um, from the opposing offense, I do think you'll see, um, you know, more too high looks. Obviously, you know, more than what we saw under Wink, and I think in in third and long kind of situations, I think you'll see it more often than what you would see from a Wink. Um, but I, I think it's something that's going to be adaptable. Just you know, depending on what the offense is showing. But I also think it'll be um, kind of mixed in as a as kind of a core. You know, maybe it's not as much as it was in the Cincinnati game, but it's something I, I think you'll see a um, pretty good diet of weekly. Um, I, I mean, I just think it, it comes down to um, forcing teams to go 80 yards without a mistake. Not a lot of teams can really consistently do that if you are kind of locked in and, you know, you get enough pass rush, you have enough smart, heady players, um, you know, there's going to be penalties. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be impatience from um, quarterbacks. You know, I was thinking about um, Trevor Lawrence with Jacksonville, just as a guy that's kind of young, kind of trying to find his way, just refuses to, take these easy throws yeah. and he's not alone. There's a lot of quarterbacks that, that, yeah. that will not take the easy road all the way down the field and be able to do, do that and be content with doing that. You know, these are aggressive guys in nature. Some of them, yeah. they want to push the ball down the field. They want to make plays. 
they see that too high look and you know they still want to give their guy a shot to to you know win down the field and not everybody has the patience to be able to do that not everybody has the the infrastructure the blocking you know all of those things so it, it it's kind of like one of those things where you want to um maybe bet against somebody being able to uh you know just consistently execute you know a 80 yard drive and seven yards here eight yards there six yards there like we saw in the Bengals game that's what they did and so the Bengals tried to you know smoke screen you to death with Jamar Chase they they couldn't get the running game going to the level they needed to to put up um you know enough points to win the game but the Ravens made that bet hey if you can put together four 80-yard drives on me five 80-yard drives on me and and go down and score touchdowns I tip my cap to you so be it <laughs> But, you know, if you can't, you're not going to win the game. And and that's, you know, that's what it comes down to. I I like making that bet as opposed to, um, you know, sending reckless pressure at times and then, you know, having, especially when you have a team that has the weapons of a Cincinnati, uh, you know, in the blink of an eye, Jamar Chase can, can take 180 yards. And now because of one reckless play call, we're down 7-0. So, um, you know, it, it was refreshing to see that adaptable approach. It, it it gives you comfort that you can play in any game with any opponent because you know uh, the guy calling the plays isn't going to just call something that is going to like take you out of a game. So you know that that was that was good to see, and I think that's that's going to be the approach. A lot of people are leaning on it. Um, you know, just because. There's just so much talent in the league. There's so many good quarterbacks. There's so – I mean, you go down a list, you know, just about everybody in the league has, like, blue-chip guys, you know, in their in their passing game. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It, that, that's a tough way to live, man, blitzing 50 60% of the time, week in and week, week out, and, and, and expecting to, you know, hold teams under 20 points, man. It's just – it's. It's not realistic. Now, you both have touched on it. In the way the game is played today, you have to adjust how you play defense. You can't, you can't play that way against the kind of teams and the kind of quarterbacks that you're talking about. You just can't do it anymore. It's funny how, you know, I was thinking about this because he, he played, and I, I guess they won the game. Um, you know, they talk about people being born at the wrong time, right? This, this time was meant for Bailey Zappi. <laughs> Bailey Zappi was meant to be born and to play in the NFL in this time because he is more than willing to do. He may even only be physically able to do exactly what you're talking about. Take the check down, take the other knee throw all the way up and down the field. I can't really push the ball. I can't really drive the ball. <laughs> so if you put the roof on top, I'm just going to take this stuff all underneath and I will do it. I will do it consistently if you give it to me. Now, I'm going from one end of the spectrum to the other. But it's part of what made Tom Brady pay Manning. Because they would do that, right? But they could also throw it over your head if you made a mistake or if you gave them that one look at game where you say, you know what? Because it's a patience thing for the play callers, too, not just the players on the field, right? Can you do it? We talked about that last year with the Kansas City game. Like, they locked Wink in a room. 
And he said, you, you're not calling this game because we need to play this game a certain way. And we can't trust you to do it for the entire 60 minutes. So it's like even a, even a defensive play caller is like, all right, this one time. We're going to send six. We're going to do this little exotic thing. We're going to have guys coming up, dropping out. We're just going to do it one time. And that's the time they bomb you over your head. It's a touchdown. It changes the game. So can you be patient on both sides of the ball? Defensively, we saw Mike McDonald now. We we're gonna live in this. We're gonna we gonna we gonna this is I'm here. They did they did in Mahomes. We here. I'm here. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna live in this defense the entire game. And Joe Burrow, we're gonna push the ball into your court now. Can you be patient enough to turn around and hand the ball off? Because they actually were having pretty decent success running the ball. For whatever reason, that one that one drive where they got down there and, and got stuffed on that shovel pass, I don't know why they didn't run the ball more down there. I just baffles my mind, but thank you. Uh, so I thought they were having pretty decent success running the ball. But can you turn around and hand the ball off 25 times a game? Even if that's what's called, you're going to check out of that run because I'm Joe, I'm Joe Shiesty. Turning around and handing this thing off 25 times. You crazy? You see the suit I wore up in here? <laughs> I hate wearing that turn around and hand this thing off. You out of your mind. <laughs> so I think, you know, we I mentioned Kansas City thing. We saw that at the early part of last year with um, with their offense. They were keep defenses were keeping the roof on everything, and Mahomes wanted to push the ball down the field. He was making mistakes. Four decisions, turning the ball over. And then he gradually started to say, okay, right? We take these check downs, let me turn around and hand it off. And eventually you can if you can do that consistently and have success, running the ball, taking the underneath throws, maybe a guy makes, you know, one of your guys makes a guy miss and it turns into a bigger play. You can get people out of that defense. Because again, now it's a, it's about pushing that ball back and forth, right? Uh-huh. We're going to play the shell. Will you run it and, and throw underneath? Okay, I'm going to run it and throw it underneath. All right, now we got to come out of the shell to defend the run and the underneath throw. Okay, now we're going to throw it over your head. It's that back and forth throughout the course of the game. Yeah. Who can be the most patient? And then also who can time it right? Because there's, there's going to be a time when it's like, all right, here's our opportunity. You know, players talk about you generally get like five plays a game. There's going to be five plays that can really turn the game in most games. That are close. Yeah, it's it's like like in fighting, like um, like a, when dudes face a, a a knockout artist, they try to be patient. They try to make the fight as boring as possible. Stick, move, you know, throw a jab out there, but don't put yourself in any harmful situations where you're in a phone booth with somebody and swinging wildly. And wink, that's not how wink was brought up. Wink was. I'm going to fight like even if this dude is powerful and my chin is weak and I got DoorDash corners, I'm still going to I'm still going to stand in that pocket and swing as hard as I can. And I'll get knocked out, but I'm still going to keep swinging. Yeah, because in his mind, I might knock you out before you knock me out. Right. (laughs) In his his mind, that's the philosophy. Like if I bring pressure and we do it the way I know we can do it. Mm-hmm. Let alone, I don't have the guys who can really do it that way. But if we do it the way I know we've been able to do it before, I'm gonna knock you out before you can hit me. Uh, and we we saw, you know, there's a there's a break point for that. You know, I mean that that can work when you've got 
healthy Marlon Humphrey, healthy Marcus Peters, healthy Chuck Clark. You know, when you've got your secondary, like stud dudes, not just, you know, average dudes, like top of the league type dudes at their position, then, yeah, that could work, you know? I mean, he probably looking at this secondary this year, bringing in Marcus Williams. <laughs> if, if I had this, oh, it would be on. It would be on up front if I had this. Um, and like you said, man, it's, it's 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 a bummer about Marcus Williams. Um, uh, you know, hopefully he, he he will be back. I mean, they, they did say he, he should be back this season. Maybe, maybe it's after the bye. Fortunately, they have some guys who can step in and, you know, maybe it'll be that. That's going to be interesting to see too. Will it be one guy? I, I I tend to think it won't be, but it might be because it all depends on how that one guy plays. Or will it be kind of a combination of guys? So whether it's Geno Geno Stone, uh, Kyle Hamilton, Brandon Stevens, even Pepe can do a little bit of safety at times. Kyle Hamilton. Kyle, yeah, you know him. He's a, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bus. <laughs> Is he? Oh yeah, he's a bus. He's a bus yeah. already. Yeah, we we seen sad. enough. That's it. He's a bus. He's done. It's a wrap. Can can That's we weird. speak about that real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, can we stop like not us, but like y'all know who you are. Yeah, y'all know like, who you are. We got name numbers. <laughs> it's five games into the season, and I've seen it on more than one occasion where people are calling him a bust. And I wonder if these same people would have seen the first couple of years of Jimmy Smith. What would they have said about Jimmy Smith? Jimmy Smith didn't come in here and was light things on fire. Jimmy Smith got beat out by Kerry Williams. Remember, he couldn't find the ball. People like he can't find the ball. He couldn't find the ball. <laughs> he would never turn around. Yeah. And I think he turned out pretty good. And I'm not saying Kyle Hamilton, like, oh, you know, just wait, he's gonna turn into Jimmy Smith and he'll be one of the best at his position, like Jimmy was. I'm not saying that because we don't know. But that's just it. We don't know, especially five games in. We do not know. And to take this small sample size and take those mistakes, because it's not like he's made a ton of mistakes either. He's made some glaring ones, but it hasn't been a ton of mistakes. Let's not call him a bust after five games or or let's not say, you know, like comparing it to the best at their position like, like, people are like, oh, Micah Parsons. Why isn't Oway playing like Micah Parsons? Well, damn, Micah Parsons is off to, like, the best start of a pass rusher's career, like, almost ever yeah. in the NFL. Ain't a lot of Micah Parsons out there. And, that, and that's like – and I remember we used to speak about this where Lamar wasn't graded on quarterback play. He was always compared to Patrick Mahomes, who was – or, you know, when he started, like, his first three, four seasons in the league is probably the best three or four seasons a quarterback has ever had to start their career. And that's what the comparison was for Lamar early on. And it's like, that's impossible. Like, you, you cannot compare those two. Like, as far as the success that they've had early on. And Lamar, he had a, a pretty damn good start to his career, too. It just wasn't at the level that Mahomes was at. But when we talk about Mahomes, we're talking about an all-timer as far as a start to a career. And the same with Michael Parsons, too. Not every player that comes into the league is going to have that. I mean, that sounds pretty obvious, but it's it's kind of not obvious for some some people who want to just point and say, oh, look, that guy's doing great. 
that guy's on his way to another Pro Bowl, and it's only his second year. Why isn't our guy doing that? And it's like, well, you know, everybody progresses at a different rate. You know, it's not just going to be you come in and you're, you're nice right away. Okay. If, it, if it was like that, the draft would be easy. Sure. Sure. Everybody be batting a 1,000. Hitting <clears> on all the picks. Yep. Every and, one of them. All the time. I, rem- I remember when we first started the pod, we would we would preach about people being patient. Like I know we talked about Matt Skura a lot. People hated him, and he turned into a pretty damn good center before his injury. We talked about Anthony Averett, who got a lot of hate. Turned into a pretty solid cornerback for the Ravens, you know. And that's what it takes. Some it just takes time for for some players for certain guys. And I understand like you know if you, a guy has first round pedigree, you want him to perform right away. And, you know, that's fair, but to call him a bust and to, you know, throw those things around and call him a bum and all of that stuff, I, I just feel like that's that's just dumb, you know, five games into five games into a, a player's career. Yeah, two two things you said that I, I think are extremely important for people. Number one, we don't know, okay? It's okay to live in that world if you don't know. You don't have to have a take or a prediction. <laughs> you can, hey, man, I don't know. <laughs> Has there been some mistakes? Sure. But I see the top. So I'm just going to sit back and, and, and watch and see how it unfolds. That's fine. It's totally fine to do that. And the other thing is, like, this is kind of a coach speak thing. You see, you hear Harv say it. I hear a lot of other coaches say it, too. He might say it the most. Though, that uh, comparison is the thief of joy. And it really is. I mean, that might sound like Coach B, but that really is. Because when you start making these kind of comparisons, then you're not only detracting from that guy, because like you said with the Lamar and Patrick Mahomes things, Lamar had a great start, has had a great start to his career, but it's in his own way. It don't have to be compared to how Patrick Mahomes did it or how anybody else did it. And it's true for any player. You know, this is their path. This is their journey, right? You know, Patrick Queen... He, why do we got to compare him to Ray Lewis? Or even C.J. Mosley? <laughs> you have to compare it to anybody. This is Patrick Queen. This is his journey. And everybody's developmental curve is different. You know, some some guys, it, it happens like that. Other guys, it might take three, four, or five years. You know, whatever. But it's just hard, man, because I think people, we just naturally want to make comparisons. We do it. I do it. Everybody does it. Um, but to put that significant of a label on a guy who's played five games in his pro career it's just it's crazy to me like i can't i can't even wrap my mind around somebody who could call him a bust <laughs> after five games it's just too early it's just way too early to know anything about you know what that story is going to be for him um so i don't know that part's crazy but that's it's we need that update we, that probably should be a damn segment that need to be a segment every week is calm your ass down, okay? <laughs> calm down, relax, all right? Everything is going to be okay. Whatever whatever it is, if it's about the team overall, if it's about a specific player, man, give give yourself a week, right? Take some deep breaths, some meditation. It's going to be okay, right? Give it, give it, give it a little time. Like I always try to tell myself, and it's hard, but I'm, you know, in my mind, it's end of the season. You want to evaluate stuff? end of the season, right? If you if you want to be fair about it. Now, like with players, you know, because we're all kind of into the draft, we know for one season 
is, is even not enough. You, you got to give multiple, but for like the team and whether what I thought the team was going to be, my kind of expectations of the team and players, wait till the end of the season and then look back and evaluate it, right? Because I think that to me, that's the only fair way to do it because too many ups and downs, too many peaks and valleys um, throughout the course of a season where one week you can look stank, the next week you're like one of the best teams in the league. What changed? Which one is true? Who knows? <laughs> it's, week two, it's, it's like that in the NFL. It's a week-to-week thing. So who knows? All that matters is can you be good enough to get into the dance, and when you're in the dance, can you get hot? That's all that matters. All that other stuff, it really don't matter. You know, when you think about it, it really doesn't matter. We've seen it here, right? Is Joe Flacco one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? I don't think so. <laughs> but he got hot for a stretch, and he played like one of the best quarterbacks of all time in that stretch. That's all that that all that mattered. None of that other stuff mattered. So that's why I try to constantly remind myself, if you're going to evaluate it, give it to the end of the season, right? Once it's all said and done for that year, then you can kind of look back and say, all right, well, I thought this was going to happen, and it didn't, or I didn't expect this, and look how that turned out. That's just my approach, but, you know, people yeah, get and, and <laughs> like I, I feel like people should just look at Ben Powers. Like for a long time, people have been dogging Ben Powers. I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, not his you know? daddy. His daddy didn't. Uh, <laughs> not, not that we know of. He was probably just saving face on the timeline. <laughs> but at home, he's probably like, God damn, he sucks. <laughs> but um, but no, hats off to him because he looks like a better player. You know, and, and it's been five weeks now, and he looks like a better player. But people are still like, Vampire sucks. You know, like, <laughs> and it's like, are you watching it? Like, he's playing well, you know, and I'm not a Ben Powers fan, you know, by any stretch. But you got to give credit where credit is due. The dude has put in work, and he's playing his ass off yeah. right now. Okay. Give credit. I got to give credit to Morgan Moses. Y'all know what stuff yeah. I've said about Morgan Moses. But the last two weeks, he's really played pretty well. <laughs> so yeah. I got to give credit where credit is due and say, hey, I, I, now, look, I, I'm not I, I'm not going to not saying we, we got, you know, Trent Williams out there or anything like that. But he got to be getting the comparison. I just did it. See, there it is. It doesn't have to be that. He's just got to be the best version of Morgan Moses. And I think they're finding some things that he's good at. He's getting more comfortable with the offense and, and the guys that he's playing with. And you're starting to see his play improve as those things happen. Um, but speaking of players, I'm glad you brought that point up about players and Ben Powers and people developing, because that's another thing um, before I ask Kerry, because I'm going to ask Kerry this question. Um, the Nick Saban says all the time, very true, though. Coach speak, but very true. Football is a developmental game. He says all the time. He's like, people expect these guys to come in and be finished products, even at college level. You come in, five stars. He's going to start right away. The guy doesn't start, and people are like, oh, he was a bust, right? Already, he's not even in the NFL. They're calling him a bust at the college level. And he's like, it's a developmental game. Some people, their track is here. Other people's track, a little bit lower trajectory. There's some ups and downs. It's just different for everybody, and you have to treat it individually that way. But, Kerry, what I wanted to ask you, speaking about a a player that has developed – Debo Patterson, a.k.a. Devin Duvernay. 
<laughs> we saw him get the kind of touches in this game that I think people have wanted. I would look. I, I was almost going to tweet out the Denzel meme when he had a, a run and he was in the backfield. The, <laughs> like, this is what people have been calling for. And it was only one, and they probably wanted more. They were probably like, we need to do this like three more times in this game. That was great. We need to do it a bunch of times. So he got the run, right? He got some screens. He got that little sneak flat play. You know, you come from one side of the line, sneak behind the other. Lamar boots out, hit you in the flat. Basically, opportunities for him to catch the ball in space and become the all-pro kick returner that he is, right, in space. In addition to the more traditional wide receiver type routes, crossers, down the field stuff. Do you think, I think we all know the answer. I don't think we like it, but I think we know it. <laughs> do you think that this will continue when Rashad Payton comes back? Or do you feel like, oh, this is something we felt like we needed to do because we were we, we didn't have Bateman. We were down, you know, our top guy, wide receiver. And we'll get Devin back into uh, a more a quieter role. <laughs> well, hell, it probably is because even when Bateman's out there, he's only running like seventy percent of the routes. Like, <laughs> I, like I think we know. Like, I think we know the answer, but we don't like it. <laughs> like, it, it honestly should be a staple. It was one of those things that we talked about before the season when we talked about these, um, you know, these young receivers. You know. Everybody talking about what they can't can't do, and we were talking about what they can do. And one of the things we pointed out with with Duvernay is put them in situations where you can simulate what a kick return is, and that's what they've been doing. Put them in position where he can operate in space, he can get downhill, use that speed, use that toughness to make plays, and you see him making. Um, people miss. You see him getting upfield quickly. You see him on in-breaking stuff, um, you know, making plays. And then, you know, the thing that we weren't expecting that Chris pointed out is you see him making plays at the catch point, going up there and snatching balls, which, you know, we didn't necessarily think was a part of his game. But, you know, he's just been a guy that every time he's given the opportunity, he goes out there and make plays. So, you know, I, I think this kind of usage should continue. I think he should – these kind of plays should be a staple of what they're doing. Uh, shout out to, uh, you know, honorary fourth deep cover podcast member Matt Wallman. Um, you know, the, the video he put out there kind of breaking down uh, what DuVernay was doing, and he's been a long proponent of DuVernay and how they could use him in offense. And honestly, like looking at it, I think back to something he said last year about how they were using Hollywood Brown and how DuVernay would be such a better fit for some of the things they wanted Hollywood to do. And you see it bearing out, you know, he's just, uh, you know, a much better fit for some of this in-breaking stuff, you know, and again, like we said, simulating those kick returns. So, um, you know, shout out to DuVernay, you know, he should be a guy that, that should be, heavily involved on a weekly basis. And, and when Bateman comes back, man, get them routes up, man. 80, 85%. Come on, man. Stop playing. <laughs> what are we doing out here, Greg Rowan? <laughs> what are we doing? But, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that thing, that that point that Matt made about some of the stuff they were doing with Hollywood last year, how Duvernay would be a better fit. 
And then you combine that with the stuff we heard from Hollywood's own mouth after he got traded about how he wasn't happy in this offense and, and kind of the way he was used. So if he was already unhappy and they were giving him some of those opportunities, but yet he was unhappy, then maybe we look at that a little bit differently now through a different lens and say, well, maybe they would have given some of those things to Duvernay, but they had this dude who they were trying to keep involved and, and, and you know, I don't want to say keep happy because I don't think that's how you're doing it. I mean, you're trying to win games, but you want him to be involved in the offense. You want him to feel like he's a part of it. You don't want him over there like pissed off at you because he's not a part of the offense the way that he wants to be. So maybe it was a little bit of it. Hey, dude might be a better fit for some of this stuff, but while Hollywood's here, we we, we got to give him some of these opportunities, man, right now. Uh, because now that he's not here, they're going to do it. And you can say, okay, well, it's because Hollywood's not here. Well, when he was here, Duvernay got some of this stuff, but not as much as Hollywood got. And people used to say that specifically about the screens, right? People would say all the time, like these little quick screens. Why are we giving these to Hollywood? Why are we giving these to Duvernay? And now that you say that, I never thought about that before, but I'm like, hey, that might have been one of those things where it was like, hey, man, we're trying to make this thing work, okay? And I know it ain't ideal. <laughs> we're trying to make this thing work. We got this dude on the team. We got to make it work. Um, but, Chris, do you have any any – any thoughts about that on uh, Debo Patterson? Because I always call it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think what you asked Kerry was, um, do I have faith that Roman would <laughs> would continue to use him in that yeah, way? I did. And uh, I don't have faith that he will continue to. I have hope that he will. But um, unfortunately, I don't have the faith that he'll continue to do it because uh, – it's just been like it's been three years now, and they just they haven't really utilized him until this game, really. When you think about it, took it to this, to this, this had to and yeah, and it's like, well, he's showing you he could win in a contested catch situation. He's showing you he can run the ball out of the backfield on those you know quick tosses. He's showing you that he can you know do the dirty work on the inside and you know, make the tough catches in, in traffic as far as, like, going over the middle and stuff like that. And you haven't really utilized that at all. You you were kind of forced to in this game because of Bateman being out. So you really didn't have any other choice because, you know, Lamar was just, like, sabotaging my boy Tyler Wallace for a touchdown. Mm. So, oh, oh mm. yeah, that's the, that's the only Tragic. one he could – he, that's the only person he could rely on was uh, Duvernay, <laughs> as far as the wide receivers are concerned. But um, I mean, it, it it just it makes a lot of sense. Like, why not just keep defenses guessing? Like, use him, utilize him. I mean, I don't understand why you can't marry the two. Like, it's we were having this discussion earlier today about a different topic. But why does it have to be either or? Oh, yeah. Like, you can have Bateman utilize Bateman. You can have Duvernay and utilize Duvernay. It shouldn't be once Bateman is out, oh, okay, I'll figure out how to use Duvernay. Yeah. So just marry the two together, and then you could just put defenses in a bind, and it's like they already got to account for Lamar and, and Mark Andrews. Then you got the run game. Now if you got these two dudes clicking and you're putting them in – you're maximizing – you know, uh, their talent and putting them in positions to succeed, which is the offensive coordinator's job. That's the job. You know, you, 
you have to put these guys in positions to succeed. You have to put them in advantageous situations. So now it's on Greg Roman to open that vault up and cook some stuff up because it's it's there. Like the players are there. Mm-hmm. You just have to use them. You know, you got the ingredients. Make me something good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you've got these guys who are both good in in different ways, but good in that part of the game, like where you call it the, the short game, right? Or the small game. Duvernay, we talked about his ability to run the ball out of the backfield. We talked about these quick screens. He does it in a different way than Bateman, who's also good with the quick screen. I'm not suggesting they run the ball with Bateman. Not that part. But the screen game, Bateman's more of a make-you-miss guy, right? Quickness, make-you-miss, get an angle, house, right? Duvernay, and he's, he's starting to make some people miss now, but it's a little bit more about just outrunning people, maybe running through some contact, right, and making the play that way. But, you know, it – you hear him talk about it, and so you hear Greg Roman say, oh, it starts with the players. It's always about the players. So it's like, okay, well, if you understand it's about the players, then that's got to be at the top of your game plan, the top of your play call sheet going into every game. I got to get this guy six to eight touches every game. However that's going to look, okay, we can we can get creative. We can talk about different ways to do that. But I got to get him six to eight touches every game. We can't come out of a game where he's got like one or two. Can't do it. Same thing that Kerry was saying about Baylor. However, I got to do it. Everything ain't got to be down the field. I mean, look, we know he can he can run that deep post and, and get open that way or the little post corner. We know he can do that. But we've also seen the little quick RPO slant and, you know, the little the little quick hitch, you know. So it's just like, look, we I just got to do this. This has got to happen. And like you said, that's your job as the offensive coordinator. That is your job to make sure that that happens. And it doesn't have to be that hard. That's the you know that's the part that I've always envied about Kansas City's offense and some of the ways that they would get Kelsey the ball and even when they had Tyreek, a lot of that stuff was easy offense. It was quick screens, it was shovel plays, it was reverses, it was you know little smoke screens. It was just easy stuff, right? That you throw out on first and second down, and not only is it getting them involved in the game, you're getting the ball in your best players' hands, obviously giving them an opportunity to make plays. It just helps. It just it's so many layers, builds so many layers that helps your offense. You know, the effect it has on the defense. They're like, oh, they're doing this. All right. We need to we need to make sure we're playing this. And then you can work all your counters off of that. So to me, that's what it's about on offense anyway. It should be. It's not it's not about having a collection of plays. There should be a system, right? There should be and there should be a purpose behind why we're calling these plays and why we're calling them in the sequence that we're calling them, right? Are they building off of one another? Are they complimentary? You ain't got to have 700 of them. You know, it's it's just got to be something that is complimentary and that builds, that it, that it layers on what you're trying to do so that you're always keeping defense, you know, guessing and maybe a little bit unsure about what it is that you're trying to do or at least delaying their ability to react to what they think you're trying to do. So it's, it's, it's ironic because I think they do that better in the run game, but the passing game. It doesn't happen as much. <laughs> so it's like, all right, you're okay. We got this figured out in one part of the offense, but we're still kind of struggling to figure this out in the other part of the offense. But that's your weekly Greg Roman. I mean, I feel like it can't be a Ravens podcast if we don't mm-hmm. 
to say something critical. <laughs> we say positive stuff about him as well. We might we might say more positive stuff than probably about any other podcast, any other Ravens podcast out there. About oh, yeah, 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 we sure. definitely do. Yeah, no, no probably about that. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> well, I'm 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 inflating our numbers just by my presence on here. I'm, I'm inflating <laughs> the numbers because we know I'm I'm an apologist. You, you know what I always think of when somebody, I forgot who it was on the timeline. I don't think it was anybody we really know or, or talk to like that. But uh, they said that you were spreading Greg Roman propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. In a lot of ways, it is. It is propaganda. I, I, I accept that. I do. I look at some of the stuff just like you guys do, and, and we talk about it, and I'm like, you know what? Chris and Carrie are right. <laughs> They're right. I'm trying <laughs> to toe the line. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep the proper. I'm, I'm throwing out the leaflets, but they're right about some of this stuff. This is this is this can be better. This can be better, and it doesn't seem like real complicated to make it better either. It's not like you know nobody can understand how to do it. It's like uh, let's let's do that stuff that we did in Bengals game. Let's let's keep doing that. Let's just keep doing it. It doesn't matter who's healthy and who's not. Let's just let's keep doing that. <laughs> that that seems to work pretty good. Are there going to be times where it doesn't? Where a team maybe has a read on it and they stop an individual play? Sure. But like I said, that's when your offense, you know, what's the counter to that? And right. they do that in the run game. They do that so well in the run game. Because you can see that in that Bengals game where they really started crashing their ends. So, like, when they're in their read game, whatever plays, nobody really knows what this stuff is. Even I. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, to the side that Lamar's turning, going into the mesh, whether they're reading that guy or this guy on the backside, whether it was Sample or Hendrickson or the big bopper, <laughs> Sam Hope, these dudes were just crashing in from the front and the backside, right? And so they started running some option, right? Because they said, hey, let him come in. We ain't even going to try to block him. Let him come in and we'll just pitch the ball. We'll make a read off of him. I'll either pitch it or I'll keep it. That's fine. We'll counter it that way. Or maybe, you know, some of these plays where we were pulling an offensive lineman and the DN on the backside is just coming right down in his hip pocket and chasing a run down from behind. Maybe we'll fake pull. We'll false pull. We'll take a step like we're going to pull and we'll turn around and pass at you. Block you down. So they do that. They have the counters in the run game for what you're doing to stop them in the run game. And then it's like, all right, we can do that in the passing game too. This doesn't have to be either or. Like you said, Chris, it's not a binary thing. We can do both things. So yep. hopefully we'll get to see more of that. You know, that would be exciting because I think <laughs> the thing I always have to keep in mind with all of this is like, all right, hold on, slow down. Listen to what you're saying. They're forfeiting the league in scoring. So just, you know, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. good, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's working. Yeah. It's working pretty well, even, even with the things that we'd like to see more of. It's, it's currently working pretty well. Um you know, and people will say, well, that's Lamar. That's not great. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> Hey, look, I, you ain't going to get no argument out of me. It damn sure starts with eight. You can believe that. Uh, but it's it's a complimentary thing, right, in a lot of ways. So um, I don't know that I have anything else out of that game. I mean, we didn't talk about Justin Tucker, but, I mean, what else needs to be said? Um, he's the greatest kicker of all time. All time. You put him in that position – you almost look away because you're so this game they won. It's over. 
<laughs> I mean, you don't even right. you don't worry about it. You don't question it. And somebody was telling me, you know, they tried out. They said they tried out these other kickers, these pretenders, like every couple of weeks. <laughs> Who's the next Justin Tucker, right? And they'll have a little run. You know, whether it's the cat in, in for Cincinnati, McPherson had a good little run. You know, who's a Cade York, another guy. You know, we trade out these other guys. They have a good little run. But then they miss a big kick. Mm-hmm. Justin Tucker don't miss big kicks, man. Nope. It don't happen. So I, I don't know. Is there any is there anything else we can say about him other than he's the best? He's been the best and he's still the best. No, they, they need to re- rename the position after him, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we call it just the Justin Tucker. Just call it the, the Justin Tucker. The Justin or the JT. The JT. JT. No more K. Mm-hmm. JT. Right. Yeah, JT. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, you get something named after you. You know, you do well. Either you're doing something really, wrong or you're doing something really <laughs> right. bad. You go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> it way. In his case, he's doing something really good. So it would be, it would be good in his case. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things that we definitely take for granted. I know people will say they don't. I know I do. Definitely take for granted as a Ravens fan that you've got this guy who makes every big kick, makes crazy kicks. I mean, 63 yards. I mean, just you just take it for granted that you have this guy and that whenever they're in a situation where they need a, a big kick to win the game, it's money in the bank. Don't even think about it. So. Just appreciate that, man. Appreciate the greatness that you had in the JT, at the JT position from JT, because it's going to end one day, and and there's going to be another dude in here, and it might not be as great because we're we're hearing some of that. The joy is out. They drafted this dude. They spent a draft pick on this dude. Remember how great it was in the preseason, and now people are always like, they spent a draft pick on this dude. We could have had the, I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it. You already know who they think they could have had. We all know who's on the road up there in Pittsburgh. And so take your pick, either one of them, whichever one you want, right? You could have had either one of them. So, you know, people are feeling some kind of way about that. Uh, because, you know, has it has been a little up and down, sure, but he's a rookie again. He's a rookie. He's five games into his NFL career, right? He's a bust. Add him to the list. (laughs) Add him to the list. Is there anybody that they're happy about out of this draft class? Linderbaum. Okay. They like Linderbaum. 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 And that's the one nobody wanted. (laughs) Well, except for Garnett. Except Except for Garnett. Garnett from from the jump. From the jump. You know, put his money where his mouth was. Yeah. Too. You did too. You did too. A little bit, a little bit. Now I wish I had done it like Garnett. I ain't go, I ain't go as hard as he did. I did because <laughs> they paid off from my man. But you know, with me, what happened was when when so many people started saying, like, it just it won't happen. You know, I'm a sucker for those kind of bets. When when there's too much money on one side or something, I'm just like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> Even if it don't make any sense to be on the other side. Because I'm just like. In the event, however unlikely it might be, in the event that happens, I'm gonna make some money, and and, and ain't gonna be a whole lot of other people over there making it with me. So that's the only reason. Every, I mean, I like him. Obviously, he's a good player. I don't think anybody, any of us who kind of are into the draft and watch college players, I don't think anybody had any doubt he was a top center. 
There wasn't even there was debate right. about that. Yeah. But you wondered with the size thing, you know, how that was going to work out. And you see it from time to time. So I'm, I'm not going to say like that wasn't a valid concern. You see it from time to time when he's one on one with like a legit DT, legit nose tackle type. He'll struggle with it a little bit. Um, but, you know, that dude battles. He battles just like he did in Iowa. I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> he's just sitting there just fighting, just grinding and fighting. And you get him out in space. And you're seeing things that you ain't seen from the center here in a long time. I mean, he's yeah. getting the blocks that we ain't seen nobody get to these blocks uh, yeah. here in, in a long time. So his athleticism, Moses' athleticism, who I've said on several occasions over the last two weeks has surprised me. And you get Ronnie back. You know how athletic Ronnie is and will be, I think, because he, he looked like Ronnie to me, like you said. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, we touched on him a little bit, but looked like Ronnie Stanley to me. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that. I think there's 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 gonna be some rust. Obviously, the dude ain't played in two years, right? Damn near. So yeah, there's probably gonna be a little bit of rust on some levels. But just in terms of how he moved, how he looked, didn't seem to have any hesitation with putting weight on that ankle and like trying to anchor and bring like none. Just looked like yeah, okay. So he looked, he looked strong too. Yeah, like, he looked. Like really strong because it, like we you you see Patrick McCarry and you know you see him get moved around sometimes and like he really has to battle yeah. when it comes to like those bigger pass rushers like like a Hubbard or a Hendricks he has to really battle Ronnie no he got the size he got the strength he got the anchor and you ju- you see that like instantly instantly and it's is it's funny watching both of them go to work you know, series after series and just seeing the difference. Like, Makari, he's getting the job done, but Ronnie is just a whole different level. Yeah, it's taking everything for Pat. Like, it's taking everything to get the job right. done. <laughs> I'm getting it done, but it's taking everything. It's like, just, like, hey. like, like me in high school. Like, I was just getting it done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Hend- and Hendrickson is a problem. Right. When, oh, yeah. when he first came yeah. out of New Orleans, a lot of people thought, well, he was eating because he was opposite Cam Jordan or on that line with Cam Jordan. He's been the same dude. Mm-hmm. Maybe even have taken it to another level, you know, since he came to the Bengals. So, you know, he's a problem. But you see Ronnie, like you said, and, and he handles it a little more comfortably, makes it I'm not going to say there's nothing easy in the NFL, but he handles it and, and, and it looks different. Than it does with Pat McCarthy. You know, you see Pat McCarthy out there and he's battling and he's battling. And, you know, sometimes, you know, he might lose and you're looking over there at Hendrickson and it's like he's staring down at him or looking back and it's like, teach a man how to scrap, you know, mm-hmm. kind of situation. <laughs> but he's out there and he's still extremely valuable. You know, obviously that cannot be ever forgotten or undersold with Patrick McCarthy. Extremely. Um, valuable to to this offensive line to have a guy who can come in any position and play, right? And like you said, still going to play well. Is it going to be Ronnie Stanley? No, but Ronnie Stanley was what? Top all, six pick? All pro. All pro, something like that. So, yeah, it ain't going to be like that, but it's going to be better than, you know, you go around the league and say, okay, who's your sixth offensive line? Mm-hmm. Put Patrick McCarry up there against just about anybody. Uh, not to mention, Whoever that player is on these other teams, maybe they can play one spot. Maybe they can play two. Student play all five. So, I mean, that's that's just 
you know, like the guys on the line say, they all they call him a unicorn. So all those other guys on the offensive line, so he's a unicorn. There's nobody else that does that. Um, so all right, I think we're good with the Bengals. All right, so we'll 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 touch quickly here on the Giants, and you know, I, I break in no news here. I think everybody knows one of the top storylines is Greg Roman going up against Week Martindale. That's and I listened to Wink's presser today. Of course, very complimentary. He had nothing negative to say. Very complimentary about Lamar and, and how dangerous he is. And uh, the one thing I will say about Wink is I think he's pretty honest when he's doing these things. Sometimes a little bit too much. We saw that last year. <laughs> Sometimes a little too honest. But he said one of the things he said was like, you know, obviously Lamar's a great player. He said I think he's playing at MVP caliber level right now. He said, I was there in 19, and I saw what that looks like, and I think it's that, if not even a little bit better right now. But the other thing that was kind of cool, kind of funny that he said, so he's up there with Drew Wilkins, who's offensive um, outside linebacker coach when he was here. He's up there with him in New York. And he said, hey, Drew, remember all the time we were out there on the practice field, and, you know, there's no touch in the quarterback. So guys have to pull up. and there's But the defensive guys are still saying, oh, I would have had it. I would have tackled it. I would have had it. He's like, we're going to find out. Come this Sunday, we'll go find out if, if we really have Because <laughs> now guys actually get to tackle him and get to try to put hands on him. And he was like, we're going to see. In practice, guys was talking. And he's like, it's a different thing in the game. Because he's like, watching that dude in the game, there ain't a lot of people who can get it. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, it's just they know each other so well. You've gone up against each other. you work together day in and day out, right? Roman against Wink. So not only do you know each other's system and style, you know each other like emotional state. Like when you get upset, when you get pissed off, what kind of things are you going to do? What kind of things are you going to call when you feel like you backed into a corner? You know, you know all of that. So that's going to be pretty interesting. It's not like it hasn't happened before. It happens throughout the league because coaches move around. But it's just kind of interesting to me. Um, to carry any, any general thoughts, anywhere you want to go about this game, it doesn't have to be about that. It could be about anything. It could it could be about Danny Dimes, <laughs> Saquon. <laughs> yeah, it'll be funny, man. Like you say, these guys know each other so well. It'll be funny if, like, Wing just comes out and just start dropping eight in coverage and Roman, <laughs> Roman comes out, like, five wide receiver spread, just throwing it all <laughs> over the place. Like, <laughs> But, yeah, the, uh, uh, this game, man, like, the run game, for the Giants concerns me. Um, Ted Wynn did a nice piece on the Giants um, recently, and he's kind of breaking down some of the things they're doing uh, with outside zone and, uh, you know, using multiple tight ends more than they use in the past. And um, Saquon, man, Saquon looks amazing. Like, he's back to where he was physically, but it's something that Ted Wynn kind of pointed out that I – felt like I saw but it was nice to get a you know confirmation from a guy that, that grinds it as hard uh, as far as the tape as Ted Wynn does he's a lot more patient as a runner mm -hmm. this year than he than he was previously in his career so um, you know the Ravens are gonna have to be on 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 guard for that you know they're gonna have to come out with a plan because you know, a guy like Saquon, I, I, I forgot what game it was. It was like all in one motion, though. He got to the second level. The safety was coming down. He went with a little quick juke move, 
safety didn't didn't bite on it. And he just ran the dude over. Like all in one motion. He's just like, okay, well, that juke didn't work. I'm just gonna run you over. And he just like just flattened the dude. <laughs> like how do you prepare for something like that? Like, you know, that that's gonna be something where um looking at this Ravens defense, one criticism I will have is um and, and I don't know, maybe it's not as bad as I feel like it is. And and maybe it's because we've had guys like Suggs that always set the edge so well for so many years and we're so used to that 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 kind of stellar play mm-hmm. that when you see these guys kind of lose the edge, you know, you, you feel a little bit differently about it. And and it's one of those things where I don't want to get too harsh on it because it may be something that, hey, a around the league, a lot of these guys might be losing the edge at the same level, um, you know, so I don't want to over-critique, uh, but that's something that that does concern me uh, with a guy like Saquon because, you know, you lose that that edge, man, and, and he can he can make it happen, man, from anywhere on the field. So that's something they're going to have to be on, on guard for, um, you know, and a, a lot of these, you know, that you would think that they would be, um, you know, just a spread team and, and three, four wide receiver sets, throwing it around, you know, based off of what Dayball did in Buffalo. But, you know, they're not. Um, you know, they're still spreading it, but they're, they're using multiple tight ends. They're running a lot. They're varied in their approaches as a running team. You know, they got a guy, David Seals, a wide receiver, who's out there blocking like crazy. Um, so, you know, Ravens are going to have to put on their hard hats for this one to, to you know, keep that run game grounded. And then offensively, um, it's going to be Roman against Wink, but to me, it's going to be Lamar against Wink. You know, I, I can't wait to see some of the looks that Wink throws at him and, and how he responds to it. You know, he's been great versus the Blitz um, all year one of the, the, the steps of growth that you've seen in him as a player is just really out there, uh, you know, just carving up the blitz, really just recognizing things and checking into the right, um, you know, plays and, and getting guys in position and making accurate throws. So, you know, that's that's a little battle uh, within the battle that I can't wait to see is Lamar against Wink because uh, I, I listened to that same clip that you did, Mike, when, when Wink talked about, you know, Drew Wilkins and how they felt like they had Lamar in practice and how, um, you know, they said they're going to, you know, find out on Sunday whether they really had him. I'm pretty sure as soon as that mic went off and maybe Wink walked away, Wink probably said, yeah, well, I got his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, Wink is a confident guy. You know, he's com- he's going to come into this game confident. He's going to feel like he can throw some stuff at Lamar and, and get the better of him. So I, I can't wait to see how uh, Lamar responds to that. Yeah, I don't. I I rarely do this because I I don't I don't have the the same supreme confidence typically going into games that Chris does. But I think Lamar's gonna light his ass up. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, I really do. I really do. I think it's one of those things where it's like you know what we we've seen Lamar in games where he feels like he's been challenged on some level. Going into that game, somebody has said something. He pays he pays attention is the wrong word. He hears all of it. 
he hears it all. He knows what you're out there saying about him. <laughs> and I think there's certain games where, you know, obviously he's trying to win every game. It's not that. I'm not saying, like, he's putting any more into a game, you know, into this game, that game. But I think there are certain games where it's just like, okay, I, I specifically heard shit you was talking. I got something for you. Mm-hmm. So wingspan complimentary. So it's not about that. It's not about him saying anything publicly and Lamar reacting to that. But it's you got to think about all of these years and practice and stuff being said and you know stuff that you're doing right to us. We've heard some of those stories where you know you you trying to get a look preparing for another team. Do calling blitzes. But, 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 what are we doing here? This is not helping us. We trying to prepare for this. <laughs> Stick to the scout cards, man. Stick to what we're supposed to be doing out here. So there's, there's probably going to be a little bit. Of, and there's just pride. It's just pride in it for all these guys. Wink wants to beat them. You know that. You know Lamar wants to beat them. You know Roman wants to beat them. It's just pride in it for all of these guys. So I think Lamar is going to be, you know, looking to, to make sure Wink knows, like, hey, all of that, you, you would have had me. <laughs> it's all gonna happen out here on this field, and you're gonna see exactly what you would have had. I'm gonna give you exactly what you want <laughs> out here on this field, right? On the offensive side of the ball. Oh, but the points that you made on defense about Saquon, yeah, I'm very concerned about that. Because that that dude is a monster. So I'm, I'm, and they're like you said, their edges in one game on defense, it's been like that stick of butter that you leave sitting out on the counter and start getting soft on the ends. <laughs> Stop curving. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what's been happening to their run defense on the edges. So you got that that stick of butter getting soft out there uh, against any running back in the NFL, NFL level running back. You know they're going to be able to take advantage of that. Saquon is another beast. So yeah, I, I have my concerns about that. Chris, what, what do you think about going? They're going to be up in your negative woods. What do you think about this game? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they how they play them because the last two weeks, you know, we saw kind of that safer approach, you know, going up against Josh Allen and going up against Burrow and Chase. You know, the Giants, you know, they, it, it was kind of looking like the cornerback uh, depth chart for the Ravens a couple weeks back. They on as far as their wide receivers are concerned, because right now they only have three healthy wide receivers. They got Darius Slayton. David Sills, and who the hell is it there? Oh, Richie James. Those are the the three healthy wide receivers that they have. So it's going to be interesting to see what McDonald throws at them because it seems like so far what he wants to do, well, especially in these last two games, like I said, is take away the strength of the offense. So the strength is, you know, it's no secret what where the strength is of this offense, and that's Saquon. So I'm I'm excited to see what he has up his sleeve. And then also, you know, with that wrinkle now without having Marcus Williams back there too, that changes up what you can do as well. So it, it's going to be fun to watch that that matchup uh, defense versus uh, the Giants offense. And then on the other side of the ball for the Ravens offense going up against Wink and that defense. Uh, you know, we were talking about Linderbaum earlier. It's going to be interesting to see him go up against uh, Dexter Lawrence, you know, because he is balling. (laughs) Yeah, he, he, you know, he's something serious. So it's going to be interesting to see that battle. And, uh, you know, also, you know, a dude that that we loved and a dude that we were praying we could get in in Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, he he we're going to see a lot of him, too. 
So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I, I do like, you know, no, no difference. I do have supreme confidence against it. You know, you got Daniel Jones, who's injured. You know, even if he wasn't, I would still be confident. But um, you got Daniel Jones. It's really just bottling up Saquon. If you bottle him up, I think you can win this game. And when you look at their wins this season, they haven't really been impressive wins, you know, other than the grinding it out against the Packers. But the Packers got their, you know, they're their own whole other mess. I mean, we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers took shrooms before the game. So we don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, so. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm I'm confident in this game. Um, I'm hoping it's a big JK game too. Uh, you know, the squeaky wheel, you know, theory. Yeah. Where he, he's ready, you know, he, he's ready to go. And uh it, it looked like that fourth quarter really bothered him. Yeah. Uh closing out that game last week. So, you know, hopefully we see a, a big dose of JK, big doses of Ronnie. And uh, I'm hoping it's actually not a big Lamar game. I want it to be one of those grinded-out games where they control the ball and, you know, they dominate time of possession and, you know, just grind it out and really enforce their will on on this Giants team. I'm looking for Miami 2019. (laughs) That's what I want. That's what I want it to be. Bombs over Baghdad. (laughs) I wish it could be like that every week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. You know, the other thing about J.K., like you said, obviously a man a little frustrated with the opportunities right now. Feels like he's ready to do more. Um, I think the other thing for him is going to be Saquon. Because I think going into this game, he's going to be like, hey, look, you know, uh, I can play a little ball too. I can run the ball a little bit too. I, I understand Saquon, no disrespect to him, but uh, I might need to show the world that I'm on that level. You know, I, we know, we know, as Raven fans, that he he feels that he's on that level. <laughs> and I think he just wants the yeah. opportunity to show it. Like, hey, you get me out here and get me touches, I'll show you. I am on that level. And we've seen the glimpses in some of these mm-hmm. runs since he's been back. I mean, look, Von Bell, he did the job, right? He got him on the, he got him on the ground on that 17-yard run. I mean, he, he dipped his shoulder and ran him over. Um so I, I and you know even that Patriots game, I think I was telling Denard that run in that Patriots game where uh, it was on the left side, was Jabril Peppers was unblocked to him, and he put that spin on it. I was like, okay, yeah, he's back, he's back. This yeah. is, and he had a similar run in the in the Bengals game, right? It was it was just that one where it should have been a tackle for loss. I think it ended up being like a ten or twelve yard run because it was penetration in the background like in the backfield, like right away. He had to jump cut a dude, then get back inside, then just start driving his leg. So. I think all of the little snapshots, the little flashes are there. And it's just like, hey, let, let me get 20, 22 touches in this game and you're you going to see something. So we just might. Now, like I said, I got my concerns about that field. <laughs> but, That's true. <laughs> but uh, assuming the field can hold up, um, I, I think I think that we could see something from J.K. Um so, yeah, I think we're all feeling pretty good about it. I looked at who they played, too, and I'm just like, you said, other than the Packers, the Titans, the Panthers, the Cowboys, the Bears, Cooper Rush Cowboys. Let's keep that in mind. Um, <laughs> even though Jerry Jones might say Cooper Rush the starter, I don't know. Um, and then the Packers. So, 
Yeah, the defense has been good. No disrespect. You can only play who was on the schedule. But aside from Green Bay, they ain't faced an offense like this one. Yeah. So we're going to see. Yes, we're definitely going to see. Oh, hey, before we get out of here, look, I'm going to put this up for people. I guess they'll hear it. I guess they're not going to see it. I found the clip. All right. So the, the <laughs> when Kerry was talking about Josh Oliver, right? All right. Hold on. People to guard are people that don't run like natural. No, his body people, body people body that run like this, body. you can't tell what. Right? He, he don't. He oh, run oh, with like a. Lip. Josh Oliver got the when he's going up the scene. Yes, sir. That's what, that's what it is, man. He got it. He got it. And according to Patrick Ricard, Patrick Ricard called him Clark Kent. He said, that ain't Josh Oliver. That's Clark Kent. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. So, maybe he's Superman on the team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, but it's 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 going to be one to look forward to for sure. They all every, – every week they are. I mean, it's hard to believe we're already at week six. We say this every week. The NFL season, man, it just flies by. Once it starts, it's like – so much build up to it, leading up to it, but then once it starts, it's just like a runaway train. Yeah, and it just flies. Um, so, looking forward to this one. Uh, we're all feeling pretty confident about it. Um, any closing thoughts, final thoughts, anything else y'all wanna wanna talk about before we get out of here? Go do some ayahuasca. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, no man, we're good. We're good, man. <laughs> Just uh, more health, more health for the Ravens, more health for you guys, and uh, peace. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I got to take my butt to bed, man. This is we. I this this might I might be doing my fair my farewell tour. You know? This might be my final <laughs> season. I might I might not be able to make it back for another season. <laughs> My body just can't take it. It's the, you know, you got to listen to your body. It's all those veterans say, man. They say, hey, man, my body start telling me can't do it no more. This might be it. This might be the farewell season. You, you, Chris, really Chris, you, see, how, you see how they act when they get all the guaranteed money? <laughs> <laughs> all the guaranteed money in the deal. And, and you know, He said it earlier. He said he, he's about himself. I did. That's, that's I tried to let said. you know, Kerry. I tried to tell you. Hey, me give, me give me like a, a deal. Somebody come calling, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll find some energy. <laughs> they show up with a bag. Hey. Like, you know what? I'm hey. feeling re-energized. Hey, hey, it's it's franchise tags and podcasting too. So <laughs> we got back to back seasons of that. So yeah. you know where I can go. I'm just be here playing, just playing my part, playing my position. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> I'm just in the moment. Y'all know how I am. I get caught in the moment. And then once I actually get like seven hours of sleep instead of four, I'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, part of it's my own fault. Nobody said I had to do a three-hour podcast. Nobody nobody made me do that. I chose to do that. And that was on on me. So that started the whole ball rolling. Um, But hey, it was fun. You know me. If you let me talk, I'm going to talk. Um, but hey, until next time, y'all know what to do. Like, subscribe. Oh, TikTok. <laughs> yes, sir. Should have landed with this. Man. I don't wait until the end of the show. I should have landed with this, man. <laughs> I had to go back and, and cut this and put this in the beginning. Uh, 
We got TikTok. We got TikTok, y'all. <laughs> yeah, follow the TikTok, man. We're gonna be dropping dropping some content on there and you know, engaging there and trying to try to get the the uh you know the Ravens fan base on TikTok rocking with us. So, you know, if you see it, follow, share, do all that stuff, man. Trying to yeah. come at you from all angles. Check out Carrie's fantasy content on there too. I know people have been on the blog, yeah. people been um, you know, seeing you tweet it out, but check it out on TikTok, man, because money resides here. You know, yes, money sir. resides yeah. here, money resides here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you're not checking out Carrie, it ain't reside with you. <laughs> so you need to you need to tap in, man, so you can you can you can get this money uh before this DFS football season's over. So that's that's pretty exciting, man. Thank you to Carrie for setting that up, setting that up sure. for us. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. So we we just trying to expel like Freddie T said, exposure leads to expansion. What's it? Expansion leads to exposure. Exposure leads to expansion. One or two. I'm tired. Check out Pivot uh, <laughs> Podcast, and you can get the quote directly. Um, but yeah, check us out on TikTok. Like, subscribe, tell a friend, and tell a friend. Interact with us on Twitter. Any one of us or at Deep Cover Pod, just with the show. Um, and hey, you know, go Ravens, man. Hopefully we're back here next week talking about another win. They go up there and uh, you know, they can they can pop their chain at the end of the game and take some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, y'all be good out there. We out of here. <laughs>